0: After a week-long hiatus, it's finally back. Across the blue line returns to the airways of 88. One The Berg, your Hockey Central. And we are on this Thursday. We only have three more days left in the regular season, and still not everything has been decided, Derek. And I'm alongside Derek Harper, of course. Derek, it's going to be interesting to see how these final days play out in the regular (coughs) season.
1: That's for sure. I've been seeing a lot of teams Clinton. Uh The Eastern Conference, I've been seeing a lot of. A few Western Conference teams, but there's still a tight race for some. It
0: is definitely neck <clears throat> and neck, and let's begin with one of the most tightest races within the NHL, and that is the Central Division. Teams have already clinched within the Central Division already, but the important factor is who's going to win a division and be the number one seed out of the Central, and who else is going to play in the two and three spots. It's been neck and neck, but a huge twist turned last night in a game in Chicago where it was the Blues who rallied back from a two-goal deficit to tie the game late against the Chicago Blackhawks, and they were able to salvage a point, and with the point that they earned in the shootout loss, the Blues currently sit at 95 points, and that's one point behind the Nashville Predators and the Winnipeg Jets, and they both have 96 points. But the important factor that the Jets have over both the Predators and the Blues is the ROW, which are the Regulation Overtime Wins, which essentially means all the wins that were not in a shootout. The Jets have 44. They will have the definite advantage if they were to tie with the Blues or the Predators come the end of the season standings. However, it's the... Predators and the Blues who are currently tied at 41 ROW wins and very far behind in the picture is the Dallas Stars. They also have 41 ROW but they sit at 91 points and the best they could do would be to tie St. Louis and and Dallas could also fall as, as far down as the last wildcard spot. We'll get into more of that later on in the show when we talk about <clears throat> that final wildcard positioning spot concerning the Colorado Avalanche. But right now, the standings sit with the Jets and Predators tied at 96 points and the Blues at 95, and that boils down to... What is the schedule for the remaining teams? First with the Blues, who are currently the, the, the team on the on the farthest outside picture looking in, as they said, a point behind Nashville and Winnipeg. St. Louis plays tonight against Philadelphia. That one will also be at home. And then they will have an early Saturday afternoon matchup against the Vancouver Canucks. But the St. Louis Blues team has been fo- on fire as of late, but Derek Harper With them sitting a point behind Hmm. it, it might be difficult to overtake Nashville and Winnipeg.
1: Those two teams for sure are going to be hard to overcome. I I don't see that. I don't see them doing it. The Jets are a hard team to beat. So are the Preds. Ultimately, I see the Jets coming up on top of the Preds there.
0: But the important matter with the St. Mm-hmm. Louis Blues is they have two games which are at home, and they're playing against two teams who are already eliminated from the postseason picture. Don't you, c- couldn't you see these two teams that the Blues are facing, the Flyers and the Canucks, being some, well, not necessarily an easy win, but they're clearly winnable matchups for St. Louis.
1: They are. They, they can win those two matchups, but... You can't count out the Canucks, and especially not the Flyers.
0: And looking at the schedule for both the both the other two teams <clears throat> within the picture, the Predators seem to have the easier schedule between these two teams, Nashville and Winnipeg. It's the Predators who will have a Thursday. They will both have both of their games at home, where they will. F- First host, Vancouver on Thursday, and then on Saturday, the last day of the regular season, they will take on the Chicago Blackhawks, whereas the Winnipeg Jets, their schedule is probably the hardest among these three teams remaining, where it's the Jets who will head to Colorado to take on the Avalanche, who are red hot and trying to isolate the final wildcard position. And then if they were and then they would have to take on the Arizona Coyotes, who may or may not be still in the playoff picture, but if they are, you better believe that the Coyotes are going to bring everything they have to stay alive in the postseason. So looking at the schedule, the Jets may have the advantage in ROW with regulation overtime wins, but the Predators and Blues schedule seems to be more favorable.
1: That's for sure. The Preds and Blues, they're two good teams. Ultimately, I think the Preds are going to grab that second spot there, Danny, though.
0: Even with the Jets playing against two teams that are fighting for their lives in the postseason, we'll have to wait and see. We're going to give our picks for all... If teams are
1: fighting for their lives, they're going to be having a big thirst for... A win—they're going to be fighting hard, so those aren't easy matchups.
0: That's why I think the the Jets might struggle a little bit to try and win this division, but only time will tell. Derek and I will be giving our picks at the end of this show, with every single NHL game that will have (coughs) playoff implications. Yes, even teams that only need one point to isolate a spot spot their their. Positioning in the postseason. We will cover those games as well. So there will be more to come and so that's why you want to stay tuned for what's up next. Now let's transition over into the Eastern Conference of the NHL and let's first begin with the Metropolitan Division. This this division race is not quite as difficult to to interpret compared to what we have in the Central Division in the Western Conference. But it seems it's as if Washington is on their way to clinching the the division, but here's a big if. Washington needs needs just merely two points either coming so the magic number for Washington to clinch the division is two they can either earn that by winning against Montreal tonight or having the New York Islanders come up in defeat tonight in Florida at sunrise when they take on the Panthers but if those two don't go the Capitals way then it'll be on Saturday where They will be playing an opponent that they could really use help from to lose, and that is the New York Islanders, and this could be if somehow the Capitals do not get their wish, this final game of the season in Washington, where the Islanders will be traveling there will be very
1: pivotal. That's for sure. The Isles and Caps are two great teams, and I have to say, the Capitals are going to want those Isles to lose here, and... <clears throat> the Panthers, that's no easy team. I mean, yeah, they're good and all, but it's going to be a tough fight for both those teams today. day. And also with
0: the Islanders, they have <laughs> not clinched home ice advantage yet either. The Pittsburgh Penguins are hot on their heels, and they do have... The tiebreaker, if if the case happens that both these two teams have the same ROW, and the, the next tiebreaker is the head to head record, which the Penguins have over the Islanders, which could play a factor if the Penguins and Islanders find themselves tied at the end of the regular season. The Penguins, with their schedule, they play a Detroit Red Wings team that has been red hot, and then they will conclude against the New York Rangers, and both those two. Two teams are mathematically out of the postseason. So Pittsburgh might be able to make some noise and earn a a home ice advantage, but only time will tell. So that's the situation with the Metropolitan Division. With it being a little bit more clear-cut, it seems as if Washington is on track to win the division and the Islanders maybe are in the driver's seat to have home ice advantage, and their most likely opponent will be the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that'll be a great matchup. Coming up next Monday, we will have another special edition of Across the Blue Line where we will go into detail about the NHL playoffs that will be starting up that week, and that's something you will not want to miss. As far as the playoffs are concerned, speaking of which, it's the playoffs that has (laughs) turned into quite the race in the Eastern Conference for the last and final wildcard Place positioning spot within the Eastern Conference, but both wild card positions are not isolated just yet. An important game that happened last week was a matchup between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Montreal Canadiens, where else Columbus, who won by a final score of six to two over the Canadiens, earning their first win over Montreal this season, and that <coughs> put Columbus in the driver's seat. In that playoff spot, and Carolina also is is in somewhat of a great position. It it was on Tuesday where they head they they went to Toronto and beat the Maple Leafs, who have been slumping as of late. They beat them four to one, and Carolina is dr- is driving themselves very well. But also Montreal on that same day beat the Tampa Bay Lightning four to two, who have. Cr- who already clinched the Presidents' Trophy, nearly a, uh, with a month of the of the season left to go. So Tampa Bay seems to be coasting it throughout the rest of the season, perhaps, and they're simply getting ready for the postseason. Now, when it comes to th- the wild card positioning, the Hurricanes, the Blue Jackets, and the Canadians only two will make it, and one of these great teams will have to go. With the Hurricanes, they seem to have. One of the more favorable schedules, along with the Blue Jackets, Carolina currently sits in the in the first wild card spot with 95 points, with an ROW of 42. They will have matchups against the dead last New Jersey Devils and the the playoff absented Philadelphia Flyers. While the Columbus Blue Jackets sit one point behind Carolina with 94 points, but their ROW is the advantage. <laughs> For them over Carolina because they have 44 ROW, which is two more than the current Carolina Hurricanes. But tied with Columbus in the standings and points is Montreal with 94 points, and they have an ROW of 41. So they cannot catch up with Columbus, but Carolina is still within reach for them. But here's the most difficult portion for the schedule remaining for Montreal. It's one of the most difficult remaining in the NHL. They will be in Washington tonight to take on the Capitals and on Saturday they will take on the Toronto Maple Leafs in what is definitely a rivalry matchup. So it's a it's a murky picture with two teams that that will have the final wild card spot, but it's three team, three teams within the the Eastern Conference that are separated by only two points. So, Derek Harper, how do you make of all this, and who do you who is going to be the top two in your eyes that comes out on top?
1: <clears throat> Looking at this, Dan, it's going to be a tough race out, out uh, here, and it just, you have a lot of good teams, but there's really no one team that's going to come out on top here.
0: With both, with all three of these teams playing, or... Attempting to play in some of their best forms as uh, down the stretch in in this postseason, we'll have to only wait and see who comes out. But to me, the two the the deciding factor here is the schedule for Montreal because they are playing two playoff teams to conclude their season, whereas with the Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets, they're playing against teams that are already eliminated, and it looks awfully like that these. Two teams might possibly make it
1: in. I think they could make it in too. I think mean, all three of about uh, even even shot with everything going on. It's really actually gonna be hard to choose the team. I mean, all three of them can make it. It's, it's gonna be hard to figure out who does the top spot.
0: But I want to look at Montreal right now, Derek, because this team is they they don't have any of the tiebreakers right now. They're behind <laughs> in ROW. They're behind in points with Carolina, and the ROW doesn't favor them against Columbus by any stretch, and they have the toughest schedule remaining. How can you see this Montreal team make the postseason?
1: I think it's going to be tough, but they're basically going to have to win out, I think, and they're going to have to get a lot of wins and some tough teams here. But ultimately, I have a feeling the Blue Jackets only get this top spot there between the three of them. So
0: be the Blue Jackets, and then you have the Carolina Hurricanes who have really turned it on late in the season with what they've had with their goaltender in Peter Marazic who has played well, and then also with the scoring output that Carolina has, especially with the veteran presence of Jordan Stahl. This Carolina team has really turned it around during since the turn of the calendar year.
1: That is for sure. I mean, the Canes just been motivated They've just been winning it's been kind of funny to watch them this season Danny
0: and it's not a team that you would expect to be around come postseason time this Carolina Hurricanes team has the longest postseason drought in the NHL currently and they are looking to bust that and they might be able to pull it off very soon looking at the standings if Carolina were to beat the Devils tonight And they are playing that game in Carolina and Montreal were to lose to Washington, which is not that big of a stretch, even though both Montreal and Washington have played two close affairs. The first meeting went to Montreal where they scored two goals in two seconds in the last minute to beat the capitals by the final count of six to four and then in the other meeting it was the capitals who won in overtime in montreal so both these two teams have played it very tight but if washington were able to win the if what if the capitals are able to win that would force the canadians to have the most points that they could earn being 96 if the game ends in regulation and if carolina wins themselves Montreal cannot catch them and also looking at the standings with Columbus they will play on Friday against New York so if Montreal were to lose in regulation to Washington they could be in a heap of trouble because the Blue Jackets will just need one win against either the Rangers or the Senators in the final two days of the the season. Oh then the Jackets are getting in so that's why it's 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 very cloudy, and that's why I question why, why Derek, you say that Montreal has much of a fighter's chance, especially when they're going up against the defending Stanley Cup champions and a Toronto Maple Leafs team that has two of the highest-scoring players in the league in John Tavares and Mitch Marner.
1: I didn't realize they had to play the Leafs or the Caps then, but Danny, if, I mean, it's all but over now. Um, once I learned that, they're playing the Senators, I mean— Okay, yeah, the Jackets have it there.
0: But if Montreal were to beat the <clears throat> Capitals tonight, could you see Montreal still finding an edge if Columbus were to get upset by one of these two teams? I think it's 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 it may be a tad of a stretch. With the schedule for the Canadians, but if they are able to somehow win, then it's certainly not far outside of the realm of possibility that the Canadians make the playoffs.
1: I'm, I'm, I mean, there's always a chance. There's always a fighting chance for any team. There's upsets have happened. I mean, it's a crazy sport. That's why they play the uh, game day. So I, I think the Blue come out on top, but yeah, the Habs have a fighting chance.
0: Well you have to wait and see. What we, we say that all the time, but <clears throat> it'll all come down on Thursday when when both these when two of these teams are in action and the playoff picture one way or the other, whether the Canadians win or if the Capitals win or if Carolina were to come out on top against the Devils, or if they get upset, the playoff picture hopefully will be a little bit more clear. By the end of tonight, and then obviously on Saturday, it could be a dandy or it could all be decided. We'll only have to wait and see. Let's switch over from the wild card in the Eastern Conference over to the Western side. And, Derek, we've been saying for quite a while, it was such a strange race with so many teams in the mix all the <clears> way <throat> down the stretch, Derek.
1: Yeah, I mean, at uh, uh, one point, uh, the Knucks could have made it, Danny. I mean, there's. Was- all the way down the stretch, you had quite a few teams. even the last place team in the West could have made it. It was crazy how down the stretch. It took like almost a whole season for the lower teams to kind of get bounced out.
0: Well, it wasn't necessarily about the lower teams getting bounced out, but we'll go into detail about which team really is starting to set themselves apart. But first, let's look at key games that have got <clears throat> us to the place that we were. Coming into last week, Into the is concerning the wildcard standings, teams that were still alive c- compiled of the Colorado Avalanche, who were in the driver's seat at the time, the Arizona Coyotes who were hotly in the mix, the Minnesota Wild were also they were they were also within striking range of Colorado. But then Chicago and Vancouver to Derek's point were also in the conver- or were loosely in the conversation and Edmonton was also within striking range and they were trying to push themselves into that final wild card position. But here's how things have changed since that week. And one of the mo- more pivotal games that took place was one concerning Colorado and Arizona. Both these two teams at the top of the wildcard chase. And it was the Avalanche who took an early 2-0 lead on Arizona. But then the Coyotes showed resilience and tied the game late to send the game, which ultimately went into a <clears throat> shootout which the Avalanche won 3-2, to two, but the resilience of the Coyotes really showed in this game against the Avalanche, even though they didn't necessarily win. But then two days later... They took on the Minnesota Wild in a game where where the loser of this game in all likelihood was essentially eliminated from the postseason. But the biggest <laughs> surprise for in this game was Darcy Kemper, the former Minnesota Wild goaltender. He pitched a shutout against his former team and his former goaltender that he backed up against in Devin Dubnik as the Coyotes, won by the final count of 4 to nothing, and that was a huge win for Arizona, Derek.
1: Arizona, they've been a surprise team this year. I mean, like I said earlier in the show, this season it's like, there's something about them that's kept my mind on them this season. They, just, they win and they've, before they've been in the cellar for the past two years, and suddenly this year they're winning all of a sudden. It's like, okay, what's going on down, down down there? It's like, okay, this team is not a joke anymore. They're coming up the A lot of hair downy.
0: But then things started to take a twist. It was on April Fool's Day where the Blues took on the the Colorado Avalanche. And then it was Colorado who had late heroics of their own, where it was Alex Kerfoot who scored a game-tying goal within the final minutes to help salvage a point in the Blues' shootout win over Colorado and that helps the Blues case in their race in the Central Division, even though they're right now a point behind Winnipeg and, and Nashville both. But the concerning the wild card spot, the Coyote the, the the Avalanche got a very critical point against the Blues, but then it was on April the second where things really took a twist and and a lot happened concerning the wild card. First, the Dallas Stars who had not clinched yet, were playing the Philadelphia Flyers, but it was the Stars at home where they play so well, they beat the Flyers 6-2, to and that slammed the door shut on that wildcard spot. And this Dallas Stars team they, said they, they might be a little bit under the radar because they have talent and they have a great defenseman in their rookie, Miko Haskinen, who could very well be in the running for the Calder Trophy, and he has helped carry this Dallas Stars team this far, and he, probably, he could have been the missing piece <clears throat> that the Dallas Stars were looking for, Derek.
1: Yeah, the Dallas Stars, they've been a force this season, and sometimes the players, they go down or they just don't step up to the plate. Where where they should. But
0: Dallas with their resilience has made their stamp of approval into the postseason. So they have they seem to be slotted into that number one wild card position unless St. Louis were to lose out and Dallas were to win out. But if Colorado at this stage were to win out and Dallas were to lose out, then Colorado and Dallas will flip. Speaking of the Avalanche, how are the Avalanche in the position they are at? Well first let's go into the a matchup between the Oilers and the Avalanche. The Oilers were eliminated the night prior because of the Avalanche's point against the Blues with so the Oilers had Nothing to play for but to play the spoiler role, and they began to show that very early when they took a 2-0 lead on the Colorado Avalanche, but then Colorado in the second period really stormed back, and they had six unanswered goals, and that helped the Avalanche beat the Oilers and put themselves in the driver's seat, and then... They got even more help by the worst team in the Western Conference where it was the Los Angeles Kings who went to the desert and they were able to upset the Arizona Coyotes. But it, it was the Coyotes who had a very scary injury as Darcy Kemper, their goaltender, faced a very... Gruesome injury as he got a stick into his helmet, and we're and we're still trying to figure out what is wrong with with his with his facial area because the injury did not look good. But concerning the postseason for the Coyotes, with this loss, they are in some deep trouble, especially losing to the Kings, a team they had to beat.
1: Yeah, and the Kings—they're a lower tier team. They—they're—they're they're not even a playoff team, so you got to get wins against the Kings when you have the chance. It's unfortunate they could not do so there, Danny.
0: So let's look at the schedule remaining for both these two teams. We already alluded to earlier that both these two teams will be facing the, the Jets at home. 1st it they'll be the Avalanche who will host Winnipeg, who are desperately trying to win the Central Division. And then the Jets will travel on Saturday to take on the Coyotes in the season finale. But who are the other two two games against well, for the Avalanche, their schedule isn't too easy. They have the Winnipeg Jets first, obviously. And then on Saturday, they travel to the SAP Center to take on the slumping San Jose Sharks. But they are they are the number two team in the Pacific Division for a reason. But for the Avalanche, their schedule doesn't seem very easy when you have to take on the Jets first and then the Sharks on the road.
1: Yeah, and the Sharks are both a great team, and and so so are the Jets. Danny, those are not going to be easy wins, and those are going to be tough to even win. You have to go into each each of their buildings, and those are both build, tough buildings to play too. So yeah, you're playing a tough team, and in their rink.
0: Looking at the standings. Coming into today, the Avalanche sit at 88 points on the season. Their ROW is 35. And while the Coyotes, however, have 84 points and their ROW is 34. And in the ROW tie, it would appear as if Arizona would not have the tiebreaker because the Avalanche earned more points against the Coyotes, which would mean that if the Coyotes did not win both their games in regulation or overtime, they would be eliminated. Now, we know that on Saturday they will be taking on the Jets, who more likely than not will have something to play for, whereas with Arizona, their other matchup comes against a Vegas team who will not be starting their goaltender, Marc-Andre Fleury. Instead, it'll be Malcolm Subban, who will house the net for Vegas. And the Golden Knights already have their playoff position already solidified. With them being the third seed in the Pacific Division, they will be playing the San Jose Sharks. So that playoff position is all wrapped up for them. So they will have nothing to play for. So the Coyotes will have to take on the Vegas Golden Knights, and then the Jets... Could you see somehow the Coyotes winning both those two in regulation or overtime and possibly <clears> snatching <throat> this playoff spot from Colorado?
1: I do think they have a chance. It's going to be tough. Colorado's a good team as well, but the Coyotes have been on fire this season, so I think they have a fighting chance.
0: But then the the Avalanche, all they need is just one point. They can lose in overtime or a shootout, and they wrap up the play, the final playoff spot, but the the... The margin for error for the Coyotes is very slim. They can't even have a game go into a shootout. Otherwise, they're eliminated. That's the issue that the Coyotes have going against them.
1: Well, shootouts, they happen, but it's they're they're not rare, I'd say, but they're rare in the sense that most games are just three periods and done. There's more overtime games. Shootouts, I just don't see that happening here.
0: But... Looking at what we've had recently, it was the Coyotes and the Avalanche who were involved. Well, the Coyotes were involved earlier in a shootout affair between those two teams, and then the Avalanche also had a shootout where they lost to the Blues, but nevertheless, it still went to a shootout. Keeping that in mind, the Coyotes have no room for error, and that's not an understatement. And they're playing against two playoff-bound teams. That's why I think it's going to be very difficult for this Coyotes team to make the postseason, Derek.
1: It's going to be hard, but I think they have a fighting chance. It will be hard for them, but I wouldn't count them out yet. It won't be time to count them out yet.
0: Now let's go into our season award winners because obviously on Monday we will go in-depth and put the NHL playoffs under the microscope where we'll look into all the matchups that are taking place, but just a preview of what's going to be going on in next week. We will look in-depth right now at two, well, we have two matchups that are already set in stone with the home ice already determined. That is the two three matchups within the Atlantic division and the Pacific division. I already mentioned earlier that San Jose will be hosting the Vegas Golden Knights and that'll be a rematch of the playoff meeting between the two teams last season where it was the Vegas Golden Knights who won the series against San Jose on a route to the Stanley Cup final, where they lost to Washington. And then on the Atlantic Division side of things, it's Boston, who has been red hot as of late, taking on the slumping Toronto Maple Leafs. Both those two matchups will be entertaining, but we'll go more into depth on those matchups coming up next Monday for our special monday edition of across the blue line now let's head back into the main topic of conversation and earlier this season we talked about the calder memorial trophy and that is the rookie of the year so that brings up the question derek you said elias Petterson is going to be your rookie of the year i said erasmus Dolling, which that didn't work out so derek who do you think is is it still elias peterson or is it somebody else
1: as much as people want to say, yeah, a team doesn't make the playoffs or doesn't win the championship, the the player doesn't win like the MVP and stuff. Pederson is in a league of his own. I, all season, I wish I had made it up there to catch a game. I really wanted to get up there, but it didn't work out this season. And this kid, he's twenty, Danny. Holy cow, he's setting records, breaking records left and right. I could not keep up with Twitter. Another. Forums, it was like holy cow! I seen posts like almost on the every week. It was like Pedersen does this, Pedersen does that. I was like, this kid is a legend, he's up there with like Bure. I think he just broke Powell Bure's record or something. I mean, this guy is just unbelievable. There's no doubt in my mind he wins the Calder.
0: Well, you're forgetting someone who is very pivotal, and he, it's probably and he has clearly shown himself as someone who has played very well and you, when you look at the goals against average there is one name that stands out above the rest as the, of all the goaltenders that are eligible and are remaining it's it's a goaltender that has clearly changed the tide for this team at one at one point this team stood at last place in the in the Western Conference standings next to the LA Kings and he turned this team around and led them all the way to a postseason berth. And even though it does take a team to change things around, there is one player there really has turned the tide, even though he started very late in the season. But to me it's clear-cut and obvious. For a goaltender to turn a team around who w- that was in last place and put them in a-, a playoff spot and clinching and with a chance to to win the central division, my stars, Jordan Bennington by all means deserves to be the the Calder Memorial Rookie of the Year because he was able, as a rookie, mind you, to turn the St. Louis Blues from a last-place team and bring them back into the postseason after a one-year absence and midseason seeing the Blues seemingly out of the playoffs yet again Jordan Binnington has turned this team around with his 1.85 goals against average, which stands as tops in the league but ahead of Ben Bishop and Robin Leonard, who are both on teams that specialize in, in their goaltending. But Jordan Bennington really has turned this Blues team around, and he rightfully deserves the Calder Memorial Trophy. So that's why I think that... That Jordan Bennington deserves this a whole lot more than Elias Pedersen because (laughs) Bennington led the Blues to the postseason while Pedersen, his Canucks, will be sitting on the couch come April and into June.
1: Yeah, but we have an exciting future, of the Canucks. But here's the thing, Danny. Jordan Bennington, do not get me wrong there. He has been a shocker this season. it has been a stud. I mean, this guy's... He did bring him from the cellar up, and we watched a call of the games. It was like, holy cow, this team's not a joke. They're for real. But I think Pedersen has solidified his spot as the caller winner with all the records, both franchise and NHL, that he has set. What NHL records has he set? I have to look, look it up. There's so many. I can't even remember them because he has set so many records. I have to look it up. The dude is just left and right, breaking things. I mean, it's just nuts. But hang on
0: a second. What Jordan Bennington has done has never been seen before in the NHL, where a rookie comes in and absolutely turns the tide of a franchise that was sitting in last place in the ditch, and now they find themselves possibly winning their own division. You can't tell me that you have that you've seen anything like it.
1: No, I haven't. But Dan, you were saying a goalie did all that. Yeah, he was a big factor. But to win games, you have to score. So you can't pin it on the goalie too.
0: But you, if you win by keeping pucks out of the net, that's what's important, and that is, that's exactly what Jordan Biddington has done. He has helped this Blues team, and we mentioned this earlier in the show, in our in some of our earlier episodes. The Blues were in the cellar and they weren't even relevant, and now they're they they might just win their own division. And the Canucks, they've been sitting in last place all this time, and looking at what the what Elias Pettersson has done, sure he might have set some franchise records, but each team has their own franchise records. But what Jordan Binnington has done, we never expected this. He went above and beyond. him. He came virtually out of nowhere. That's why Jordan Binnington deserves this Calder Memorial Trophy.
1: You can say that, Danny, but I think Pettersson has it all in the bag. I mean, you look at NHL graphics, you look at any, anything else and yeah Bennington's up there but I don't think he's close
0: all I see in records that Elias Pedersen has broken are the franchise record for points which was held by Pavel Bur- Burry and Ivan Hlinka and that's virtually it with Jordan Bennington what he did he turned a last place team into potentially a division winner that's a whole lot more impressive than scoring quite
1: a few points it might be in that sense, but <clears throat> he set other records too, Danny. And this is Patterson kid, his first age. What
0: records? You still haven't I said I have anything? To look up. I have it I've looked up the records that, that, he, that he set, and all I can find. I know he's, find... he's
1: done stuff. He's set, um, there's one with the twins, the Henrik and That's Daniel a franchise Sadin. record. Yeah, but That here's means the thing. Y'all also when it at, comes to the NHL. you also have to look at this. Is that Bennington? I don't know how old is he. I want to say 26, something like that. Jordan Bennington? Yeah, how old is he?
0: The age of Jordan
1: Binnington, well, he's also a rookie. Just,
0: I, I don't believe age should play a factor.
1: 25 years old. He, Pedersen is 20.
0: Well, that has Pettersson nothing to do is, with the rookie of the year. Pettersson We're just looking at the age. rookie year.
1: Indeed. We're looking at the rookie it's season, and Jordan Bennington
0: is more impressive and than Elias Pedersen.
1: Pedersen was also out. He got hurt this season. That
0: So that doesn't help him. We all know what happened yeah. last year with with Brock Besser, and he got injured, and Matthew Barzell won the award. Injuries hurt the yeah. cause of a, However, a, a candidate. However, Pedersen
1: came back and just did not look back. He came back soaring, f- f- foot on the gas. I mean, he did not let up. And Bezer, he's in Vancouver. Barzal, he's with a team back. He's in one of the biggest markets in the nation.
0: Hang on a second. That's a Rangers city. I'm sorry. It's not an Islanders town, but moving on from that and looking at what Jordan Bennington has done. That's a whole lot more impressive than simply what Elias Pedersen has done. When you own when you are a routine starter and you allow under two goals a game, that's unheard of, especially among regular NHL goaltender ranks. Elias Pedersen. Sitting at right now, at right now, 61 points. I would, I would want to say right now at this stage, there's a ton of traditional scorers who are who are highly above Elias Pettersson in the points rankings. Whereas Bennington, in as far as goaltending concern, is is concerned, he's right up there at the top among NHL goaltenders. Derek, that's why. Jordan Bennington is the better choice for the Calder Memorial Trophy.
1: I don't think he's going to win it come the award season. Why? <clears throat> Watch him announce Eli- Elias Pettersson. I'm, I'm asking why. You <laughs> still haven't given me a reason why. It's not only league records, the franchise records too. I think Bennington's going to come in second.
0: Why? I I still don't <clears throat> understand what you're Because you have goalies against-
1: are underrated. They do Goalies feel, are underrated? I feel they deserve a lot more credit than they get. But I think when it comes to it, they're gonna go with a guy who can score. No, no, because the the Blues, yeah, they've been a uh, stellar dweller, and then suddenly they're probably gonna win their whole division. Well, I don't think they'll win the division really, but <clears throat> that goes to the Jets. But you gotta look at this here. Bennington is not just a goalie. Yeah, he's been a stud He's in carried
0: that. a team out he of has. the
1: dust. However. That also motivated the other players, and they had to score to keep the team in it.
0: Well, how come Pedersen wasn't that great of a force to motivate his team?
1: He There's was there. Reason- they're a young, rebellion team. What? Look what? at. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Look at St. Louis. No. They have-
0: no. Look at look at look at New Year's. Vancouver was higher up on St. Louis during that time, and then when Jordan Bennington came in the picture, he turned that team around and proved to be a better driving force of leadership because he won more than Pedersen, and he helped make the team around him better. That's why That's why you have players on the roster, to help improve your team so that you can get your team in the postseason. That's what Jordan, Jordan Binnington has done because that's why St. Louis is in the postseason and Vancouver is out and done come Saturday.
1: I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll have to see on that.
0: St. Louis is in, Vancouver is out. That speaks for itself. We'll see about that, Danny. <laughs> no, no. The Calder Memorial Trophy is going to Jordan Bennington. and it, it comes as a result of him absolutely dis- just being a goaltender that is far and away with, better, with the best goals against average in the league by far and being... W- one of the driving forces to the Blues come back from, from being in the dust in the Western Conference standings to possibly winning the Central Division. It's clear-cut and obvious. Jordan Binnington is the clear choice for the Calder. After all of that, now let's go into the Jack Adams Award for the Coach of the Year. So, Derek Harper, you said that the award should have gone to John Cooper midseason does it still go to him or is it someone else
1: I think it goes to Tampa Bay's coach for the incredible effort they put in this season I do understand there's been other coaches like the Flames coach and the Sharks coach but man Tampa they've had many more points than they've played games I mean even players have, it's just insane I can't even speak the way Tampa's played this season it's insane
0: The Coach of the Year Award doesn't go to the team that's the best, that has the best regular season record and wins the President's Trophy typically. It's usually a coach of a team that is in the dirt, in the dust, and isn't performing up to their, that hasn't hasn't played at a high level and seemingly turns them around into success and wins more often than, than what you would expect. So that brings up the, the question of who should be the, the, co- the Coach of the Year, the Jack Adams Award. To me, it boils down to two key figures, one of which, so in my, in my eyes, Derek Harper, John Cooper is not in that list because typically it's it's not the, it's not the coach of the best team that wins the award, but usually it's the coach with the best turnaround that wins the award. That, that rightfully deserves the Jack Adams Award. How do you feel about that?
1: I think that's a good assumption. I think it's going to go to Tampa just because of what they've done, but I do think that is a very good uh, theory and all. So, that said, let me guess St. Louis. I'm going to give it to
0: Craig Berube for what he did. Keep in mind, the Blues missed the playoffs last year. and I called it, folks. But but this year, they are <clears throat> they are in the playoffs, and it was Craig Barube who really turned this St. Louis team around and it's surrounded around the goaltender that being in their netminder in Jordan Bennington, who is the rookie of the year that's why Craig Barube deserves this this award for coach of the year
1: so you you going to get season tickets for the Blues next season Danny?
0: I'm just seeing, um, from what I can see, th- this award rightly goes, should go to Craig Barube for what he's done, and it definitely should not go to John Cooper because this Tampa Bay Lightning team has been good already. They went to the conference finals last year, Derek. That's why John Cooper does not belong in this conversation.
1: I think he still belongs, and I do think you have a very good point there, but John Cooper... A coach lights up a team. I mean, I don't think Tampa would have done this all with a different coach. Look at what uh, Barry Truss did with the Isles. He came from the Capitals, and the Isles were a seller to our last season. And now they're suddenly like up in the top of their division, up in the top of the league. So it's like coaches can turn teams around. Coaches the- are very important for a team, and they can, are the driving factor.
0: The Tampa Bay Lightning won the President's Trophy this year, and they have been handing out the Jack Adams Award for Coach of the Year since 1974. That means in the 45-year history of handing out the, the Jack Adams Award, only six occasions it was the President's Trophy winner that won the Coach of the Year. And... That goes to show why John Cooper will not win the Coach of the Year. In my eyes, it's it has to be Craig Berube for what he did to help carry this St. Louis Blues team out of the dust. That's why I it's clear-cut and obvious. Berube belongs as the
1: Coach of the Year, Derek. I think at a very important. I think it's going to come down to him and Tampa's coach. Why? And Barry Trotz. Those are the top three. Barry Trotz, I I I'm willing to give a listen to,
0: but John Cooper, I just don't see it because the Lightning have been good for quite they a while signed already. Started into an
1: extension too.
0: But hang on a second, that doesn't mean anything. I'm looking at results from taking teams that that weren't good and making them into success. That's I feel why. Feel
1: like you like un- un- underdog teams. And that's fine. I like quite a few teams that are. Always no, I'm, no I'm
0: just saying the coach of the year what shouldn't go to the coach that leads the best team It should be the 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 coach that that does the best job in turning a team around and To <clears throat> me it, it has to go to Craig Berube because the Blues missed the playoffs last year and now They are in the postseason after being in last place and remember that the Blues fired their head coach Mike Yo at the beginning of the season and now they find themselves in the playoffs. So that's why I think Craig Berube deserves the coach of the year, Derek.
1: I think that's a very good point, and he has a chance. I think it's going to come down to Trots, Cooper, and the Blues coach. So it'll have to be a wait-and-see process there. One name that that you should not
0: overlook, however, is Rod Brendeboer. If the Carolina Hurricanes do make the postseason, I could see Brendeboer certainly in the conversation for that, that Jack Adams Award. So to me... The finalists deserve to be, the one thing that Derek and I would agree on, all, besides Craig Barube being within the conversation, which he outright should be, is Rod Brenda, well, is Barry Trotz. I think Barry Trotz has done a great job with this Islanders team, with them having missed the, the postseason last year and him turning the Islanders team around. That's been a pleasant sight to see, but to me, it boils down to two candidates. Rod Brindamore and Craig Barube of the St. Louis Blues. That's why, because, because these, these coaches have turned these franchises around, Derek.
1: I think that's a very good thing you're saying there, Danny, but the, when a coach turns a team around, that's great and all, but y'all also have to look at the all-time... Success that a team has in it. That that's
0: t- going back. That's uh, that's that's tapping back into years prior, which doesn't, which doesn't apply in, in in when we look at who was the coach of the year, not the coach of the last few seasons, but the coach of the year. That's why John Cooper doesn't belong in this conversation because the Lightning have been winning for quite a
1: while. They have, but that just shows how good a coach can be. It can keep them in the running for multiple years. Well, When sure. you have a coach that. Has been around for a little while, maybe, and just the first season. It could be a lucky season. But Tampa's coach, he's kept them in it year after year after year after year.
0: See, you're tapping back into years prior. I'm well, the Jack Adams Award aw, 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 the Jack Adams Award is specifically designated for one year and one year only, and you look into how both Rod Brendamore and Craig Berube have turned both these two franchises around, and even Barry Trotz, too. Those coaches deserve it a whole lot more than John Cooper.
1: I think that'll be interesting to see. I do agree that that goes to the the some the dog coaches there, and you have also a good coach in Tampa, and it's a one-year thing. So I think they do have a shot, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes.
0: Now let's move on to the MVP award, <laughs> And early on this season, I said it was Johnny Gaudreau. And Derek said Nikita Kucherov. And even though Kucherov has yet to win a face-off this year, a strange statistic about him, I, do, I will agree with Derek on this stance that Nikita Kucherov rightly deserves the MVP award because he by far leads the NHL in points. And anyone nearly close to him... Had his team missed the playoffs and Leon Dreisaitl and Patrick Kane and Connor McDavid, who are also in the mix. If any of those players on those teams helped carry their teams in the playoffs, I would have given the MVP to them just because of the carrying job that they have done. For those teams, but it's clear-cut and obvious at this stage. Nikita Kucherov deserves the MVP. Do you still agree with your stance there, Derek? Yes,
1: do I yes I do, Danny. He has been an ultimate force for Tampa this season, and one of the main factors with why they've done so well. He's been scoring quite as many points as the team has.
0: Now let's go into. So those are our our reg our regular season award picks for the season. Finally, after. A long regular season is about to reach its conclusion, but before then, we still got our picks to make. So let's go right into it. Let's begin with games that are taking place tonight that do have playoff implications. The first one, it's the Islanders, who are traveling to Florida to take on the tough Florida Panthers, where with the Islanders, they need to win in order to stay alive in the Metropolitan Division title race. So it's an important game here for the Islanders, the Panthers have nothing to play for. So who comes out on top in this one as, as this game is taking place in Sunrise here, Derek?
1: I don't know who's going to be there to watch the game, because I don't really get any fans anyway, so I think the Isles come out on top too.
0: Well, no, no, you, you can't, no, that's, no, 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 stop! The fans don't do I, that's, anything! I know, that's, done, They're just spectators, I know, that's, they just stand there! That has nothing to do with who's going to win a game. I'm sorry. It doesn't happen. Fans don't do anything. They just go to the game, (laughs) sit there, and eat their hot dogs and get fat. That's it. That's it. The fans don't do anything.
1: Do you know how easy it is to get you riled up,
0: Danny? I'm sorry. That was not even a main point. When you determine who's going to win a game because of the fans showing up, that's... No. that, That... I can't let that slide. That was not even my main point. What's your uh, reasoning?
1: The Isles are one of the top teams in the league. Danny. The talent they have, the coach they have. Okay. There's okay. no doubt they're gonna win that game. Okay.
0: Okay. That's <laughs> justified. I too will agree because they have a a coach that has won a Stanley Cup, and they're playing against a Florida Panthers team that had that's really fallen apart ever ever since. They they essentially were eliminated from the playoffs, and it was an ugly ending where their playoff hopes were killed, victim to the Montreal Canadiens when they were defeated soundly in Montreal. That's why I am going to pick the Islanders as well, even though they are on the road. Now, another matchup. If the Islanders were to lose, you have to look out for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are Not too far behind the Islanders. They said two points behind them. And the best that the Penguins can do is achieve second place in the Metropolitan Division. But they are playing a Detroit Red Wings team that has been red hot. It was the Red Wings in their last 10 that have a record of 6-3-1, Derek. And it's Detroit who has been red hot. They beat the Boston Bruins who are trying to solidify the second place spot in the Atlantic Division. And they beat a team that had that has the top one of the top three records in the National Hockey League. And Detroit played Pittsburgh on Tuesday, a game that where it was the Red Wings who came out on top in in that meeting. As it was the Red Wings who beat the Penguins by the score of four to one. So that brings up the question, Derek. Detroit is red hot, but the Penguins are still trying to find something within their place, their postseason hopes. So, Derek, who comes out on top in this one? Will we have another upset?
1: I don't think so. The Penguins are a very good franchise, and they've been. I know we can't talk about history really, but they have so much talent. They have Stanley Cup talent, and they're just a team that is successful day in and day out. And just you don't go in there expecting to win. You have Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, Phil Kessel. I could go on and on. You have a great goalie in that, a great coach. I mean, there's this no shortness of talent there. I mean, I don't see the Penguins losing.
0: But then again, Derek, did you see the game on Tuesday? Detroit soundly beat Pittsburgh 4-1. to
1: I haven't been watching games the past few days, but um, Detroit, they've, they're uh, struggling, but We'll see what They're happens. They're
0: struggling six three and one in their last ten. That I that's not struggling to me.
1: Six three and one? Are you serious? They're six three
0: and one in their last ten.
1: That's an interesting point to make, Danny. But I just don't see that happening. I don't see them beating the Pens, Danny.
0: Well, they they did earlier this week on Tuesday.
1: History doesn't matter.
0: History doesn't matter.
1: Yes, <laughs> you just told it, me.
0: It's going it's going to matter in this affair. I, Actually, I correct myself. I apologize. Detroit's not 6-3 and 1 in their last 10. They're 8 and 2, Derek. They're 8 and
1: 2 in their last 10. Wow. I I'm just, telling you, they're eight and, they may be 8 and 2, but I just cannot bring myself to change my pick, Danny.
0: Pittsburgh Pittsburgh has only won 5 of their last 10 games. Detroit is the harder team. They they may be out of the postseason picture, but they have been winning and they have been winning a plenty. That's why Detroit will win this game in Pittsburgh. I don't think they will,
1: but we'll have to see on that matchup.
0: Find out tonight. Now another matchup that also carries importance within them the Metropolitan Division, it's the Carolina Hurricanes who host the last place New Jersey Devils. And it's to me, it seems obvious this Carolina Hurricanes team has everything to play for, and the Devils are in last place. They are a pesky team that can play spoiler, but I'm going to pick Carolina just because this team has more to play for.
1: I do agree, Danny. We have a storm warning there, and... They're sellies out to the games, so they're fun to watch. And they're a motivated team, they're winning games, they're a successful franchise, and they came out of nowhere really this season. I'm going, I'm going to Canes as well.
0: Now here comes the game that if there was, there are two games that in my eyes that are the game of the night, and here's the first one. It's Montreal who's heading to Washington, to take on the Capitals, the first meeting that's taking place in Washington. Both two affairs, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Derek, it was the Canadians who won the first affair by scoring two goals in two seconds, both taking place in the final 30 seconds of the game to beat the Capitals 6-4. to And then in the second meeting... Also in Montreal, it was the Capitals who emerged victorious 5-4 over the Canadiens. So both these two games have been decided by essentially one goal. And now the stakes are even raised even higher. Washington, with a win, will clinch the Metropolitan Division and the number number one seed within that end of the bracket. Whereas with the Canadiens... With a win, they they stay within they stay within floating range of the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Carolina Hurricanes in the race for the final wild card position. It's a very important game, Derek. So who comes out on top in this one?
1: Between the Flyers and the Blues, Danny going no, to. No, British. no, the
0: Canadians and the Capitals.
1: Canadians, Capitals, Danny. I. That's a tough matchup. I'm gonna have to go with the Canadians. I think
0: picking Montreal, even though they're heading to the nation's capital, it's an important game, and the Capitals have won a Stanley Cup, and they've done it for a reason. That's why I am going against my wishes, and uh, probably will. Hopefully, well, hopefully we don't see that bird celebration again. But. It seems as if it seems as if Washington, in my eyes, they've won a Stanley cup before. And, and with the Canadians going on the road to take on this team, I, it's, it seems awful likely that the Capitals will win this game and wrap up the division against Montreal. Now let's head to another matchup and it's Jordan Bennington and the St. Louis blues. Hope the, the, most likely rookie of the year Derek Harper and Jordan Bennington taking on the Philadelphia Flyers who will be who are starting some backups down the stretch as Carter Hart will not be playing in this game. So that brings up the question Derek between the Flyers and the Blues with the Blues take have having so much to play for with the central division at stake, who comes out on top in this affair?
1: I'm going with the Blues, day. And tell me why. Jordan Benning has been a big part, but he's not all that I'm um, you have a solidified team He's motivated his teammates to score goals get those passes pucks in deep and just motivate that team to a whole nother level I'll have to agree this time
0: with with Derek here because St. Louis has been red-hot and they're trying to To win the central division, which is something we would not have expected us to be saying at this point of the season when we're in when we were in January so I, I I will have to I'll have to pick the blues here just just because of how hot they are recently now another matchup staying within the central division and another team that that's trying to to claw their way into a a division championship it's the Nashville Predators taking on the Vancouver Canucks this will be taking place in Bridgestone Arena
1: I'm going to go against, um, I I, uh, love my Knucks, Danny, but I don't see them pulling this out. The Predators have stuff to play for. Sadly, Vancouver doesn't, but I think the Predators are going to take this one in their home building.
0: Well, the advantage for the Nashville Predators when they are at home has not proved them up to the greatest extent as of late, and that... the Vancouver Canucks are surely a team, and I'm sure Derek, you could you could speak for for all the Vancouver Canucks themselves that that this team has the potential to pull off upsets. And keep in mind, the Predators haven't have lost some games at home against teams that they should be beating. Keep in mind, they were soundly beating beaten by the Avalanche five to nothing, and they lost to the Detroit Red Wings, who have turned into. Clearly a team that has been a force to be reckoned with as of late by the count of three to two and It's something that's uncommon with Derek picking against the Canucks and Danny Will be picking for the Canucks. I have the Canucks winning this game against Nashville
1: Danny uh, Did you get enough sleep last night? Oh, yes, I
0: did I rested well Derek (laughs) Wow so that's that's something rare and very different. Now another matchup that's taking place. This this in my eyes is the second of the two games to watch tonight. It's the Winnipeg Jets who are have or going up to take on the Colorado Avalanche, and it's Colorado with with they were were to earn at just one point in their last two games will be in the postseason. But the Jets team is, that they're facing is in a dogfight for the Central Division crown. So which team will come out on top, Derek? Is it going to be the hot team or the team that's fighting for that, that division championship?
1: I go. I think uh, Maverick has to buzz the tower, Danny. I think it's going to be the Jets.
0: I'm looking at the team that's more hot as of late, and that's certainly and clearly the Colorado Avalanche. That's why I have Colorado winning <laughs> this affair just because they're more desperate than the Winnipeg Jets are, and they have been the team that has been... Red hot as of late.
1: That's a good take there, Danny, but I don't think that happened. The Jets are going to take this. The Jets Why? Are very, Why? Very, the Jets are a very strong team, and they're not going to let up on the gas here. Well, They need to keep their foot on the gas to keep the division theirs. To keep it from the Preds.
0: They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, and the Colorado Avalanche have points in 9 of their last 10 games.
1: Points, but are they all seven,
0: one and two. That's that's a that's a lot
1: better than five and five. It's better, but not by a mile.
0: But still, Colorado is the hotter team. Can you agree with me there? They may be the
1: hotter team right now, but I do not see them taking it.
0: No, no. I'm picking I'm picking the Avalanche because not only they are the hotter team, but when you play in the altitude in Denver. The Avalanche are more used to that. That's why I have Colorado winning this game. And so there's another matchup that also would have playoff implications if the Jets were to win, and that's between the Coyotes and the the Vegas Golden Knights and with Vegas starting their backup goaltender Malcolm Subban while the Coyotes with Darcy Kemper, when we don't know his status, will probably start, a for, will start former Seattle Thunderbirds goaltender Calvin Pickard in net and it'll be Calvin Pickard against Malcolm Subban in this affair, and it's the Coyotes who need to win their last two games in regulation or overtime to stay alive against the Vegas Golden Knights team with nothing to play for.
1: Do not count out Malcolm Subban, Danny. Do not count out Malcolm Subban. He is a great goalie. He's a backup, but he has been a stud in net when he's played. He's not the best goal in the league, no. No. He, he is... A good goalie. He's not great. He's a good goalie. He's a solid goalie. That, that's the reason he's in the NHL. The reason he's with Vegas and why I took a chance on him, Danny.
0: There's a reason why he is with my Boston Bruins. And don't get me wrong, I love the Subban. I love watching the Subban family play. But when he was with my Boston Bruins, as much as I wanted him to succeed, I just, I could, I couldn't bear to have him in net because he would let in too many goals for our, for my Bruins and with calvin pickard in goal for this coyotes team and with arizona being desperate i'm taking the coyotes in this affair now let's head to tomorrow in two games with two teams that are playing teams that are on the outside look again. Columbus is heading to MSG to take on the Rangers and the Stars are taking on the Blackhawks. Dallas is essentially solidified in the number one wild card spot, whereas the Blue Jackets are in a dogfight. So Derek, between the Blue Jackets and the Rangers, who is the team that comes out on top?
1: I'm going to Blue Jackets here today.
0: The Rangers ha- are going through plenty of changes and they need they need to they need to be they they want they're playing for their jobs down this stretch. So I'm going to take the Rangers in this affair and this could play, pull, pull a damper on the Blue Jackets playoff playoff hopes. And then another matchup between the Dallas Stars and the Blackhawks. To me, even though Dallas doesn't perform well on the road, Dallas is trying to isolate all their playoff hopes. I have Dallas winning in this one. I have Dallas. Dallas, two for both of us in that affair between these two teams. Now let's head into the final, the final day of the regular season, and the first affair is between is between the St. Louis Blues and the Vancouver Canucks.
1: I'm doing it again, Danny, and I hate, I hate wanting to. I mean, I, I hate seeing the team lose two in a row, but I'm going with the Blues here, Danny. I mean, the Blues are too tough for the Knucks here.
0: Blues have too much to play for. I'm again taking... Well, I'm going against the Canucks this time. I have the Blues also winning in this affair. Next up, the Montreal Canadiens are hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs who have been slumping as of late. And it's the Canadiens with so much to play for. They're playing in the Bell Center in Montreal. So, Derek, do the Canadiens finally get the Maple Leafs this time?
1: Yes, they do, Danny. Yes, they do.
0: And, wow, we're actually agreeing here with with these games. I'm also taking the Canadians just because they're more desperate. And then another matchup between the Ottawa Senators, who are hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets.
1: Danny, i going to Blue Jackets. I don't know if you've seen as of late. Former uh, Hawk Oliver Bjorkstrand has been on a scoring tear. Former Winrock. Um, he did that and tore up the dub, and now he's tearing up in the NHL. He's been, I think he's five, six consecutive games with the goal, at least. I mean, he's in multi-point games. The guy is really catching fire with the Blue Jackets right now. And they have other people, Seth Jones. I mean, Brendan Dubinsky, they're net, that. And it's just, it there's so much talent. The centers they're a mess right now. They're weak. They're, why bet against the center? I mean, why bet against the Blue Jackets? I mean, the centers aren't going to win that.
0: Derek, Derek, you're throwing in your Portland Winterhawks bias. I'm over- not,
1: no, look up Oliver Bjorstra in those last two games.
0: The, the, well, s- sure, that may be valid, but but still, you can't throw in that hog <laughs> bias. But still, I'm going to pick Columbus. Four goals on Seattle I'm, I'm, I'm picking Columbus just because of the sole fact that Columbus is desperate. And obviously, if they were to lose the game that I said they would lose against the Rangers, they would need this one even more. Another game going on, it'll be Carter Hart going up against the carolina hurricanes and it was last saturday where it was the hurricanes that eliminated the flyers and it was a game that carter hart was a healthy scratch in it's the final game of the season and the flyers are trying to finish off on a high note but the hurricanes are also looking to solidify their playoff spot so Derek, who comes out as the victor in this affair
1: I mean, as much as you want to side of Carter Hart and the strong team they've been, they've been putting on the ice, you can't bet against the Canes these days. They've been a hot team. They are trying to lock down their playoff spot, so they're motivated. They've been doing well. I have to go with the Canes on, on the road, Danny, on the road. That's saying something, Derek, because you
0: never like to pick the road team, which you do there. But I'm going to pick the hometown Philadelphia Flyers in this game just because of the sole fact of the, the net minor that they, that they have in Carter Hart. And this Flyers team might be missing the playoffs, but if Carter Hart would have came sooner, this team might be still in the conversation. And it's, it seems if as if it's a case for the Flyers where it's just a little too late. But in this game, I think the Flyers are going to play the role of spoiler and beat the Hurricanes and possibly dent their playoff chances. Next up, a game where the Penguins, if they do do not clinch by beating the Red Wings in their matchup, Tonight, they will be taking on the Rangers for possibly another chance to clinch. And there are some other scenarios that will help the Penguins out to also get themselves in the playoffs. But playing a Rangers team that is pretty much a lost cause at this stage, I have the Penguins at home.
1: i do too, Danny. And the Rangers are sad that they're uh, this way as of late in this season. But you can't bet against the Pens at home. The Pens have Stanley Cup talent. I mean, you have all the Crosby, Malkin... You have all of them there, and they're a team that's always been good on and off the ice day in, day out, so I'm not going to bet against the Pens. I'm taking them on home ice against the Rangers.
0: For sure. Now, next up is a matchup that could possibly, and I say possibly, be the Metropolitan Division Championship game, but that would mean is that the Islanders would have to beat the Panthers tonight and then the Montreal Canadiens would have to beat the Washington Capitals. If that were to happen, this game would turn into the Metropolitan Division Championship game. And this is taking place in Washington. Barry Trotz is heading back to the place where he won a Stanley Cup last year. And this could be a big game or it could mean essentially, well, not much at all for for either of these two teams. But as far as this game is concerned, who comes out on top in your eyes, Derek?
1: I have Barry Trotz and the Isles, Danny. They're a good team. They've been really surprising people this year, and they've been doing well on the ice. Barry Trotz brought over his veteran leadership as a coach and has really instilled his Stanley Cup attitude and effort on the ice there with the Isles.
0: And the Islanders, if the, if the results happen as... As I predict, they would find themselves playing to try and have a better record than the Penguins for the for home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs, and the Capitals would have nothing to play for. That's why I'm going to pick the Islanders as well. Now another matchup between the Chicago Blackhawks and the National Predators, and this Central Division Championship race is, is right in full swing, and if the Blues win both their games which Derek, Derek picked them to beat the Canucks or yes, beat the Canucks. Whereas I had the, uh, the, uh, Predators beating, did I say the Blues? I, I, I'm sorry. I mean the Predators beating the Canucks and with the Blues winning in their game against the Canucks earlier. Yeah, that, now we got it straight. We got it right here. So it's the Predators and the Blackhawks and the Predators are trying to win the Central Division crown but they're playing a Blackhawks team that has that leadership. Derek, it's, it's a matchup between two teams that have been there, but one is starting to flex their muscle.
1: Yeah, the Predators this year have been up and down, up and down. They've had their struggles, but they're, they're also a veteran team that's seen the Stanley Cup, and they haven't been able to win it yet, but they've seen it. They've seen those pens get it on the ice, and as much as those players are probably hurting, they want that thing in their building. They want not just in their building, but they want it in their hands now. So I'm going with the Predators here. Nashville
0: is a team that's trying to win the division yet again for the the second straight year. They won the President's Trophy last year, but then they lost to the Jets in the postseason. But I have the Predators in this affair, and... The division champion will most likely be taking on the Dallas Stars, who would be in the first wild card position unless the dramatic occurs. They're playing the Minnesota Wild on Saturday night, and I have the Stars, because of their strength at home, beating the already eliminated Minnesota Wild.
1: Yeah, Dan, we go with the same thing there. The Stars have been a very good team this season. The Wild, they've had their struggles, and uh, the Wild coach said they're making the playoffs did not happen. I'm going to go to Dallas Stars and their talent this season.
0: And then a game that might have some playoff importance if the perfect storm happens. The Jets are taking on the Coyotes. The game will mean something to the Jets regardless of what happens tonight unless the Jets were to win and the Predators and the Blues were to lose tonight. And if that were the case, the Jets would solidify the division. But if if it doesn't happen, then this game could have implicate. Well, this game could not have implications for the Jets, but more likely it will. The Coyotes they need the Jets to beat the Avalanche in regulation to remain alive. Well, the bottom line is this: this game could have importance in all likelihood, but it might not for one of these two teams. And if there was one team to pick, it would be the Coyotes. But Arizona wants to finish off a season that they have gone far and beyond what they've usually been doing. That's why I have the Coyotes over the Jets in this game.
1: Uh, Very good reasoning, Danny. I support that. However, I'm going with the Jets. I think the Coyotes, I mean, I know that they may or may not matter this game for them, but uh, the Jets have been a potent team this year. They've had their struggles, they have, but I don't see them losing. I just can't.
0: Now keep in mind here, Derek, that the Winnipeg Jets are five and five in their last ten. So it's it's up in the air at this stage, but I, I just don't see it because they, they haven't been consistent recently.
1: Yeah, but anything can happen any given night and their team has proven that day in, day out they can win. They're they have a little bumps here and there. Like right now they're five and five. Coyotes are what, seven, two and one, I think you said. Yeah. And so the Coyotes are hot right now, but this game, if it doesn't matter to them, the Jets will take it. But if it matters to them, it'll be even more of a heated game. I still see the Jets coming out on top.
0: We'll have to wait and see. And the final game of importance concerning the postseason where, well, if the Avalanche were to isolate things, then it wouldn't matter. But it's a game that's taking place in the SAP Center where Derek loves to pick pick the San Jose Sharks. But the Sharks, right? They and in their last ten are one eight and one. Are you going to pick the Sharks yet again, Derek?
1: I want to, and but I didn't realize they've been struggling so bad these days. It's it shocks me that they're doing so poorly. Um, hopefully, they get that figured out for the playoffs. But I'm going with the Avs here, Danny.
0: I too, as well, will be picking Colorado because they have been red hot mm-hmm. as of late. Now let's go into our Western Hockey League predictions, and we are doing something special as far as our point standings is concerned. Right now in our standings, Derek has a lead on me by a score of 126 to 108, but it's postseason time, and these games will matter. That's why we are picking each round and how many games the the series will go. So if if one of us were to pick the series winner, that will be 15 15 points added onto the standings and if you guessed the correct length that's a bonus seven points and then in the third round will be 25 points straight for picking the right the right winner and then 15 bonus for picking the right length and then in the championship round it would be 15 50 points for the straight-up winner and then 25 points bonus points for the correct length so we're right now in the second round of the postseason in the western hockey league but first let's go right into our matchups and the first matchup that took that solidified first was when both the prince albert raiders and the saskatoon blades swept their opponents and now they meet finally in the postseason and these two teams are clearly the class of the western hockey league especially in the eastern conference Derek.
1: That is for sure, Danny. I know the, the Blades, they've made a trade with the Hawks this year. We let like, go oh, Ryan Hughes, and we got, uh, I forget his name right now, we got a really good guy this season. And that really helped us, but it wasn't enough to push us through, sadly. But Prince Albert and Saskatoon, they've both been surprise teams. The Blades, they were struggling ever since they hosted the whole Mem Cup a few years back. They were, they've were just been an empty barn. They've had hardly any support. They've been, they're on, they're on ice, probably has been poor. H- holy cow, they have turned it around. And they are just shocking the league. But Prince Albert, th- this year, they're blowing the whole CHL out-, out of the water. Um, I'm going to go with the Prince Albert Raiders in six. I don't think there'll be five like last series. And I don't think it'll be a sweep because the Blades are talented. So I think the Blades will take two of them.
0: Looking in the regular season, it was Prince Albert <laughs> that won the season series by by six games... Six games to two, so the Raiders are six and two against the Blades. But it's the postseason, and things can change. That's why I am going to pick Saskatoon in in whoa, this series, whoa, whoa. So, and it's going to take place also in in six games. So I'm am t- picking the upset, and I'm going to pick the Prince Albert Raiders out in the second round of the postseason.
1: Danny, that's bold. I I could see an upset maybe, but even to say six, Danny. I'm going to say it again. Did you get enough sleep last night? Oh, yes, I
0: did, Derek. I got enough sleep, and I had enough sleep to have the confidence to make these picks. Next up, we're going to stay within the Eastern Conference, and a matchup that... That always brings out a rivalry unlike any other, and that's the Battle of Alberta, Western Hockey League style, as it's going to be the first time since the 2013 Eastern Conference Championship that these two teams will meet. It'll be Edmonton and Calgary in the playoffs, in the postseason, and it's an Edmonton team that that won the... Won the Central Division of the Western Hockey League, taking on the Calgary Hitmen, who beat the Left Bridge Hurricanes in a thrilling s- series.
1: Danny, uh, you mentioned that Calgary and the Oil Kings played uh, in the finals or not finals, the Conference Finals a few years ago in the East. And 2013, that was a great year. The Oil Kings went on, lost the finals to the Hawks. And I, Calgary, as much as a great team as they are. They're tired. They went on the road into a small building because there's some curling The building doesn't
0: mean anything. We've been over this cha- before.
1: There's some curling championships going on in the Canes building. We've been over this before. And so they're playing in a small building that they're not used to, and they're also playing a Lethbridge team that was really good this season and took them the full seven games. Calgary's tired. They're a good team, but I have the Oil Kings in six. The talent, Trey Fisk, Fisk Wolanski I mean I don't see Calgary taking this one well here's another stat that
0: you are you're forgetting here Derek and you think I'm going to pick the the hitman well when you have a team that is 7-0-1 against a team in the regular season that's when you know that this team cannot beat this team and it's the Calgary hitman they are they are zero they are zero seven and one it's They they haven't they haven't they're well they're one they're one in seven against the Edmonton Oil Kings so that means that in the eight meetings that they've had the Oil Kings have won seven of them that's why I have the Oil Kings winning but the series is going to be a lot briefer it's going to be brief and it's only going to be five games as opposed to six so those those bonus points might come into play here for the for the ending of the Edmonton Oil Kings series.
1: there's the playoffs are a different monster and that's so true but yeah this there's 7 and 1 against the Cal- Calgary team but <clears throat> the playoffs are a different monster look at what they did they upset the Hurricanes in seven they upset the higher-seeded team beat them so obviously they can pull it off if they need to but well, I, I'm not saying Calgary's gonna win it because I obviously have the Oil Kings but it's going six
0: Calgary has shown that they cannot beat the Oil Kings, and it's going to show, especially in this series. That's why this series is going to be so brief. Let's move on to the Western Conference end of things, and we'll look at the Victoria Royals, who are taking on the Vancouver Giants, and both these two teams have played very much even, even though the Giants have... Or have a record of of six two one and one against the Royals. It's been it's been close. That's what's happened, and it's going and, and undoubtedly it's going to be a tight series throughout. So Derek, who comes out on top in this series?
1: I've seen the graphics. I follow the Royals and the Giants, and most of the scores I see are so close, are within one or two goals. There's occasional blowout maybe, but I'm with the Giants, and this is going. The distance. It's going seven? Yes, Danny, it is. The Royals, they're a good team. And, yeah, they played, I think it was yeah, six with the Blazers. But the Giants, as much as I thought they were the gung-ho, boom, we're going to smash all the teams around in this league, except for the Ra- Raiders, they against Seattle went five. Or, no, I'm sorry, six games against the wild-card team. Six games against, six a wild games card team. against Seattle. Yeah, against Seattle's a wild-card team. That surprised me this year. I do give them credit there. and But – for Seattle to show that strength and that show the Giants have something they need to work on, and that to go six against a wildcard team shows some weak weaknesses there. I think they'll just slip by the Royals. It
0: doesn't show weakness. It just shows uh, to the strength of the Seattle Thunderbirds and how how str- how red hot this team was and it took a great Giants team like them to beat them but I think it's going to be a series that will be decided in overtime and I think the Giants will pull this out and will win critical games in overtime that's why I I picked the Giants to win this game yes or not this game but the series but to me it's only going to take five games as opposed to seven let's head to the final the final series that we're covering and obviously it's we've hit 3 out of 4 so naturally we'll hit our final of the series and it belongs in the US division right in our backyard it was the Spokane Chiefs who advanced into the into the second round of the playoffs and on the same night it was the Everett Silvertips who followed suit as well and that means we have the two best records in the US division which are playing in this series, so we're looking at Everett and and Spokane, and there is a glaring stat that comes to to my eyes, and that is that Everett is six o one and one against Spokane, and that shows that Spokane struggles against Everett. That's why I'm going with a bold, a bold take right here. You ready for this, Derek? Let me Everett and four. It's, yeah, you better bring out the brooms. It's going to be a sweep. Nope. Everett is going to sweep nope. Spokane off of the map, nope. and they are destined for the Western Conference Finals.
1: Danny, this hurt. Um, this, the first round hurt seeing the Hawks get out in five. I haven't seen something like that. for. I mean, Everett beat us in four, but I was used to the days we would win titles and make runs to the finals, so it stung. But the, it showed that the Chiefs, they're a darn good team. They hang with the best of the best. And they always give us issues. Last year they lost us in seven. This year they actually beat us in five. As much as that hurts, but they're a team that they're a force. Don't count them out. I don't have them win this series, obviously, but they're going to take two of these games. The playoffs are a different monsters. Yeah, they aren't great against the tips this year, but the playoffs are a different monsters. They're going to the, these Chiefs are wild right now. They're taking two of the games, and this is going to Everett in six.
0: Well, when you have Connor DeWar and and Bryce Kindrip doing such a nice job and, and you you can't overlook the resounding nine to one win that the Silvertips had against Tri Cities and that's that, And that shows that when everyone wants to win, they get it done. That is why I have Everett in four. Well, that's all the time that we have in this week's installment of Across the Blue Line. You can tune in next Tuesday, rather, as we're getting word in from the higher-ups that our show will be posted on Tuesday, which will be the day the NHL playoffs will begin. So you will have your NHL preview all coming up on Tuesday on on across the blue line where you'll have me danny block and yes Derek harper we will be back here again in in kcw and we will be doing yet another episode of across the blue line as it will be an exclusive nhl show and we will go into depth of all things nhl playoffs we will look into the matchups and all the storylines you name it we will have it so once again for For my broadcast partner, Derek Harper, I'm Danny Box saying so long on yet another episode of Across the Blue Line. See you later, Danny.